The New York Islanders played one of their most complete games of the year. They skated, they shot the puck, and they won 5-1 to one over the Pittsburgh Penguins. We have our key takeaways, plus our weekly farm report on all things Bridgeport Islanders, and a lot more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could join us today and be part of the Locked On Islanders family. And thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So much to talk about today. A big 5-1 win over the Penguins. But first, if you've got something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, maybe a topic you'd like us to talk about on a future episode of Locked On Islanders, feel free to send us an email. The email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, We are happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter, at LockedOnIsles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter, at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings, and I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game. So join me for instant insight and analysis, and it's always great to interact with Islanders fans, game time or any time. So mention me, ask me a question, always great to to talk to fans and share our love of Islanders hockey. What a game for the New York Islanders, a 5-1 win over the Pittsburgh Penguins, and realistically, You know, the Islanders took the lead in this game a minute and three seconds into the game and never really looked back. In fact, the Islanders won 5-1, had an apparent goal by Casey Sezikis wiped out because the Islanders were offside. But other than that, I love the way this team played. Final shots on goal, 42-21 in favor of the New York Islanders. And, you know, sometimes you you say, oh, yeah, the shots on goal didn't really indicate what this game was like today or, or Tuesday at UBS Arena. The shots on goal were accurately depicting what this game was like. It was a dominant performance by the Islanders. And there are two things that I think stood out more than anything else. Number one, the Islanders skated exceptionally well. They were fast. They were aggressive. 
They won the battles to pucks. They got to the, you know, empty spaces on the ice. They basically put pressure on a red-hot Penguin team that came in uh, with points in, what, 18 of their last 21 games and, and just made them look hesitant and shaky and bad. And they never, never looked back. You had two goals each by Anders Lee and Matthew Barzal, two assists for Brock Nelson. Josh Bailey, they reduced it to a goal and an assist, uh, but he was a plus three, and Hudson Fashing with an assist. But overall, just from top to bottom, a very, very strong performance by the New York Islanders, and... You know, the thing you like to see from the Islanders in this one is that so many of the good, you know, players, the the top six players, the all-star caliber players played well, and the role players also did their job. We talked about Lee Barzal and Brock Nelson, but, you know, how about Casey Sezikis? Had the goal wiped out, but he played wing for a lot of this game. Why? Because very early on, Oliver Wallstrom leaves the game with an undisclosed injury. Lord knows the Islanders can't afford all of these injuries, and to add Wallstrom to the list, not very helpful. But without Wally, Sezikis, you know, you, you didn't have four full lines. You only had 11 forwards. You had to improvise. I think Lane Lambert did a good job of improvising. And, you know, this is the occasion where when we said, oh yeah, well, in the long run, constantly switching the line combinations could help. A night like this, where you couldn't put four constant lines together because you were short a forward, that's where it pays off and people were comfortable playing with each other. Sezikis moved to the wing for a lot of this game and got a little more ice time than normal, 17 minutes, 8 seconds of ice time, and played solidly on the wing, hustled that goal that was waved off for the offside, was a great hustle play by Zeke, and he won 7 out of 10 face-offs. J.G. Pajot winning 9 out of 13 face-offs, but the passing... Uh, Noah Dobson, a plus three. Alexander Romanov, a plus three. They each had an assist. Six shots on goal from Ryan Pulak. Five from Scott Mayfield, who was aggressive and played well and even stood up to Sidney Crosby, drew a penalty from Sidney Crosby, who was getting frustrated. Uh, overall, just a, a, a great performance. And in addition to skating, the Islanders shot the puck. We talked about the importance of Matthew Barzal shooting the puck so many times on this podcast. Five shots on goal for him. Five for Pajot. Lee and Nelson with four each. Those are the forwards you want shooting the puck most. Josh Bailey, uh, just a strong overall game for him. And, you know, we know we needed to see more from Josh Bailey because, uh, you know, so many of these guys who have been inconsistent 
played some of their best hockey in this game, and that is what you want to see. So it was great to see this team play well. Atu Ratu's parents were in and, and got to see his second NHL game. Islanders' second period was one of the best periods I have seen this team play. They outshot the Penguins 20-4 to in that second period, ended up outscoring them 3 to nothing. And how about this? The Islanders, just to show you how they were dictating the, the, the way this game was played, the Islanders scored early in each of the three periods. We mentioned the goal a minute, three seconds into the first by Lee. Barzal scores 50 seconds into the second. And then the last goal of the game, Anders Lee, a little more than three and a half minutes into the third, just overall. A very, very strong performance. And then, you know, role players stepped up and played well. Hudson Fashing had the assist. He lost an assist, but also, uh, you know, with the official scoring change, lost a goal, actually, uh, that initially people thought was his. But, you know, Fashing, uh, 12 and a half minutes on the ice, blocked a shot, uh, just played smart, simple, the prototypical fourth line kind of a game and putting together uh you know a line where you had Zach Parise and Casey Sezikis and JG Pajot together and they played together for a little bit of this game talk about three guys who give their all who hustle who never stop skating and are aggressive and solid defensively that's a, a heck of a line I would not want to be an NHL player and have to skate against them just because of how good this team played and and how they hustle and just great news all the way around. We have got more to get to. We have some more key takeaways from this game, plus our weekly farm report on all things Bridgeport Islanders and a goaltender is our Islanders' birthday of the day. All that and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball, soccer, and yes, the NHL, we've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Islanders putting together back-to-back solid games. How do you feel about Thursday's home game against the Columbus Blue Jackets? You could check out the odds at BetOnline. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make sure to check out Locked On Sports Today. The biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. Locked On Sports Today available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Had to be frustrating for Casey Sezikis to have that goal. 
call back. The only other real nitpicky thing that I had about this game, uh, the power play just continues to struggle. They are now 0 for their last 25, went 0 for 3 in this game, which is uh, certainly disappointing. But overall, just a, a, you know, this is the one time when it didn't matter that your power play wasn't at its best. And, you know, again, the injuries that continue to plague this team. Yes, they got Sezikis back and Nelson back, and that was huge. But still, no Simon Holmstrom. He was out of the lineup. So you still had uh, Atu Ratu and Parker Wotherspoon in the lineup. I'm glad, very glad, that they stuck with Wotherspoon over having Salo and Ajo on the ice together. And Wotherspoon, again, he played a hair under 16 minutes. He was a plus one, took two shots, made a hit, had a takeaway. Overall, look, the beautiful thing is Wotherspoon was not intimidated by the moment. And there was one sequence, I remember, where he went into the corner and battled with uh, Evgeny Malkin for the puck. And Malkin was persistent, but Wotherspoon was smart. He wasn't intimidated <laughs> Going up against one of the more famous and best, you know, future Hall of Famer, one of the better players in the game, and he ended up winning possession of the puck. So, you know, when you bring guys up from Bridgeport and you're only thinking, okay, you know, these guys are up for the short term, they may or may not be prospects, but when you bring those guys up and they keep it simple and just do what they do best, that's when they fit in well and are more successful. And I think Hudson Fashing and Parker Wotherspoon really sort of personified that ability for the Islanders tonight. This was just a great performance top to bottom. And if ever there was a blueprint for how you want the Islanders to play, I think this kind of game is it. And the beautiful thing is now, the Islanders put together two really strong performances in back-to-back games. And you could sit there and say, okay, Friday, the game before the holiday break, you know, they did it against a struggling Florida Panthers team. Well, now they did it against a red-hot Pittsburgh Penguins team. And they claimed the two points in the standings, which was huge. So that was positive. Now you come up before you head west and you have the Columbus Blue Jackets coming into town on Thursday, and we will have a full preview of that game on tomorrow's show. But you could put together three wins before you head west. That is a great thing. But to put together back-to-back convincing wins, solid performances, close to 60-minute performances as well, has to make Islander fans feel good. All right, time now for our weekly farm report. And unfortunately, things not going so well lately for the Bridgeport Islanders. And why? Well, if you think about it, a large portion of their roster happens to be playing for the Islanders right now. Parker Wotherspoon, Atu Ratu, Simon Holmstrom, even though he's hurt, is up with the big club. So you see they are feeling the effects of that. 
played two games since our last farm report a week ago. The first one came on Friday of last week where they fell to the Hartford Wolfpack by a score of 4-3. to three. That's their fourth straight loss. A goal and an assist for Andy Andreoff and Arno Durando. Chris Terry had two helpers. Paul Thompson with the third goal for the Isles. It's 35 saves from Jakob Skarik, but this was a 4-3 to three loss for the Islanders, who really could have used the win. And then uh, last night, Tuesday night, uh, the Wolfpack beating the Islanders badly. Islanders outshot 39-23 to 23 in this one, fell behind 3-0 early in the second period. Samuel Bolduck with a goal. Chris Terry with a goal, and then Andy Andreoff with a goal. But overall, not enough for the Islanders. Uh, Andreoff with a goal and an assist, a helper for William Dufour. But the Islanders really kind of outplayed in this one. Jakob Skarik, 32 saves in the game, but not enough for the Islanders to get the job done. They were one for four, both on the power play and the penalty kill, but you sort of hope that they could do diff- uh, a little better overall. You look at the uh, standings right now for this team, and, you know, they're still in third place in the Atlantic Division and battling to, to keep pace with those really good teams who are ahead of them. Chris Terry now leading the team with 27 points in 24 games. Andy Andreoff has 26 points in 29 games. Samuel Bolduck leading all defensemen with 16 assists and 21 points. Ruslan Ishkov has 8 goals and 20 points in 26 games. For William Dufour, 10 goals in 28 games, 17 points in 28 games. He is starting to really sort of show what he could do. Goaltending, they miss Corey Schneider, who is up and backing up uh, right now, Ilya Sorokin. Schneider, 10-3-2, a 9-21 save percentage, a 2-5-1 goals against. Jakob Skarik struggling a bit, a 3-8-0 goals against average, 4-7-3 on the year, and an 8-78 save percentage. By the way, if you were wondering... Uh, it's been Ken Appleby, who they brought up from the ECHL, backing up Skarik while uh, Corey Schneider is up with the Islanders waiting for uh, Semyon Varlamov to return to health. And uh, I still don't think we're going to see a start from Corey Schneider unless Varley is still not ready to go when the Islanders head west, and we have to wait, and tomorrow we'll obviously have some updates for you. Meanwhile, on the schedule, a game tonight, the holidays sort of uh, complicating things for the Bridgeport Islanders, so they'll play two road games this week. Tonight, in Lehigh Valley, uh, that's a 7.05 Eastern time start, and then Friday night, December 30th, a 7.05 Eastern time start in Springfield against the Thunderbirds. That will end the 2022 portion of the schedule for the Bridgeport Islanders. 
and uh, they don't play again until next Wednesday, uh, January 4th. So, you know, the again, for two weekends in a row, having the Christmas holiday and the New Year holiday uh, on back-to-back weekends, they are not scheduling games. We've got more to get to on today's show. We have got our Islanders' birthday of the day, a goaltender who was with the Islanders in the mid-2000s, mid to late 2000 teens. He's our Islanders' birthday of the day, uh, and we've got some more thoughts about where this team is at, especially after the last two games. All that and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day, and uh, yesterday was the 20... Well, yesterday was actually the... 30th birthday of former Islanders goalie Christopher Gibson. Gibson, a native of Finland, uh, drafted by the Kings in the second round back in 2011, but his NHL debut came with the Isles in 2015-2016, spent parts of three seasons with the Islanders, mostly playing for Bridgeport during that time, then joined the Tampa Bay Lightning for 2020-2021, and is now a member of the Seattle Kraken organization, still playing uh, right now mostly for the Coachella Valley Firebirds, which is the Kraken's farm club in the AHL. So far, Christopher Gibson has played in 16 NHL games. He's 4-5-3, and three, a respectable 9-0-1 save percentage, and a 3.33 goals against average. It was easy to pick his best game as an Islander, March 11th, 2018, in Calgary, Islanders and Flames going head-to-head. Obviously, Christopher Gibson is the goalie for the Islanders, while Mike Smith was in between the pipes for the Flames, and the Islanders got on the board first. Nick Letty, his 10th, from KC Sezikis at 214, and it was 1-0 Islanders. 18 seconds later, Johnny Boychuk, his 5th, from Casey Sezikis and Ross the Boss, Ross Johnston, 2 nothing Isles, just two and a half minutes into the game. Johnny Goudreau gets Calgary on the board, is 21st from Sean Monahan at 7.23. That cuts the Isles lead to 2-1, to one, but then Jordan Eberle made it 3-1, to one, his 24th from Johnny Boychuk and John Tavares at 10.25. 3-1 Isles after one. 50 seconds into the second period, Anders Lee, his 32nd from Boychuk and Letty, and that makes it 4-1 to one Isles after two periods. In the third, the Flames get a little closer. Mark Giordano is 13th from Dougie Hamilton and Johnny Goudreau, 7 minutes and 24 seconds into the final period, but then an empty netter by Anders Lee, his 33rd of the year, second of the game. John Tavares, the only assist at 1949. Isles beat the Flames 5-2, to two. but for Christopher Gibson, the Islanders were outshot 52-27 to 27 in this game. Gibson made 50 saves out of 52 shots, a 9.62 save percentage, stood on his head on a team that had Dougie Hamilton and Johnny Goudreau and, uh, you know, some rather talented uh, hockey players, Matthew Kachuk, so... Great game there for Christopher Gibson. Gibson, 30 years old on Tuesday. He is our Islanders' birthday 
of the day, and we certainly wish him all the best. This is, uh, I'll tell you, a reason for optimism. Two solid back-to-back games for this team, and I I think the three days off in the middle certainly helped. It helped certainly get Nelson and Sezikis ready to play, and I think the team was well-rested. I think that helped. But I also think that this game shows you the potential this team has and the heart that this team has because they have uh, five players out with injuries. Now, unfortunately, uh, you may have yet another one with Oliver Wallstrom joining the injured list. We'll give you an update on him as soon as we hear something. If they're uh, going to have a morning skate tomorrow, we will certainly let you know about that. Uh, watch us on our Twitter feed. But overall, all the role players did their job. The stars did their job. And even guys like Bavillier and Bailey, who have struggled mightily at times, stepped up and did the things they do well in order to help this team win. That, folks, is the ideal performance by the New York Islanders. It's what we needed to see. And guess what? We actually saw it, and it was beautiful to watch. So two points, a very good two-point effort. And, you know, you look at the standings now. The Islanders pick up those two points. They are now one point behind the Penguins, one point behind the Rangers. Pittsburgh still has a couple of games in hand. But, I mean, now you're only four points out of second place. You're two points out of third, one point out of fourth and fifth. This, I'll tell you, this Metropolitan Division going down to the wire, and I think it's vital that the Islanders play well, get the help they need, and and, and just keep on giving efforts like the one they gave Tuesday night against the Penguins. So, great game for the Islanders, and we want even more. Thanks for making Locked On Islanders your first listen today. Now make Locked On Sports Today your second listen. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in just 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. Locked On Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Tomorrow, we will have the latest injury news. We will have a full preview of the Thursday game against the Columbus Blue Jackets, last game before yet another Western road trip, and we will have a whole lot more, so make sure you join us for that. Enjoy this win. It was a great performance by the Islanders. Stay safe, everyone, and of course, let's go Islanders!